Good morning, everyone. Kevin here from Skywatcher, and welcome to another episode of the Skywatcher What's Up webcast. We take a look at everything from what's up in the nighttime sky to equipment to helpful tips and tricks on imaging and observing. And of course, at the end of the month, we have a special guest on to talk about their specialty in the field of astronomy. Um, it is November 11th, uh, Veterans Day, so thank you to everyone who has uh, served in the armed forces here in the U.S., and uh, we appreciate it. Um, if it's a day off, good for you, because we're working today. Um, so thanks for joining us today. Today we're going to be talking about something that I think a lot of us um, are looking into nowadays, and maybe if you're a beginner, um, you're looking at building an imaging system for yourself. Uh, astrophotography is kind of the biggest uh, thing right now for amateur astronomy is we're always looking. Um, yeah. So anyway, we're always looking to find something that's fun uh, to use and go off and do all that. But before we get started, um, I'm kind of rambling at this point. Let me uh, give you guys some updates really quick. Um, if you like what you see here at the Skywatcher What's Up webcast, please go ahead and subscribe. Uh, leave a like on a video. It lets us know we're doing a good job. If you have an idea for a future episode, go ahead and email us at what's up uh, or info at skywatcherusa.com and title your email what's up. Let us know your idea for an episode. Uh, we're about to go into the new year and we're always looking for some episodes uh, to take care of some stuff and fill some of the months out. So, <clears throat> um, Next up, if you're looking for something cool for the holidays, if you can't get some product or you just want a cool shirt, we do have our skywatcher.threadless.com uh, store. You can pick up shirts, all kinds of fun stuff. Um, some of you were bouncing around at the Soul event last month wearing some of these, so it was cool to see some of them in real life. Um, all kinds of cool things. Um, a question for those of you before I move into the next part. Actually, here, I'll round this back around. So... We have an idea that we're floating around. You can let us know in the chat here in a minute. Um, so right now we have the target of the month or totem. Um, new challenge target every month. This month is the Spaghetti Nebula. Um, last month was the Ghost of Cassiopeia. Um, so on and so forth. Um, there's a lot of amazing images that get uh, sent in to us because of totem. And we're about to finish up the first... Uh, year of to not the you know 2022 wasn't a full year of doing totem um, but we're about to start 2023 and yes there is a new patch on the way we'll probably unveil it next month um, once we physically have them um, but what our thoughts are is out of all these awesome submissions maybe once a month it will go we will pick our team will pick what we feel is the best image of the month and that image will then be put onto a shirt on the Threadless store. And people can buy a shirt with that image on it. So if you think that's kind of cool, especially if you're one of the people who um, sends in stuff for Totem, um, let us know in the comments or the chat if you think that's neat. And uh, we'll you know put that into consideration and it kind of just makes it fun. Um, so anyway, uh, that kind of wraps up uh, Threadless. Uh, also get your submissions in. I know some of you have already sent in your Spaghetti Nebula shot, so good good going on that. You've got plenty of time. It's only the 11th of the month. You've got plenty of time <clears throat> to get out there and shoot that target. Um, it is a bit tricky, but good luck. Um, and then, yeah, so that's uh, pretty much uh, what we're going to be doing today. Um, I'm stuck there. And then real quick, if you're looking for some product um, for just picking stuff up, uh, we do have, I don't know why this says back ordered. It shouldn't say that, but we have Quattro 150s available. Um, we have Evo Lux uh, 62 and 82s in stock. Um, I think we, we might even have some Esprits um, if you're looking very limited. Um, but we can take a look at that. But we have a bunch of stuff in stock, including Star Adventure 2i Pro Packs, uh, EQ6RI. Um, there's a bunch of stuff that's actually available right now. Um, we have a small amount, I believe, of Solar Quests available. Um, if you're looking to get one of those before the eclipse is coming up. Uh, so there is stuff floating around out there before the holidays if you're looking to get some stuff. Um, we don't have a bunch of it. 
but there are small amounts of product floating around uh, for the holidays um, if you're looking for something, including the Evo Star Refractors, Evo Lux Refractors, Dobsoniums, kind of a pretty much a peppering of everything. So anyway, that's kind of it. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and get started on this week's episode, which is affordable imaging systems. And um, this one's going to be in my head as I'm thinking right now, this one's going to be kind of an interesting conversation to have. I tried my best to kind of break this into a decent topic um but it'll probably be me more talking about it um but anyway thanks for hanging out with us um so when we talk affordable affordable is a large term um and it's different for everybody because everyone's budget is going to be different but i don't think budget should really be your first question now i've worked in uh, astronomy stores before I've done customer service for almost a decade um, here at Skywatcher, um, and it doesn't stop. And I still get a lot of questions on what's the best product for me and what way I should, what should I do, and um, how should I go about getting into whatever. There's a million questions, and a lot of them are the same thing. Um, I don't think budget should be your first question. Obviously, we all have a budget. And that is going to be probably the major deciding factor of what equipment you're ultimately going to end up getting. But there's some questions I feel like you have to ask yourself before we get to the money question. And, you know, because money is going to be the big limiter. I know that. And everyone's position is going to be different on that. Some people think... $10,000 is affordable and some people think $1,000 is affordable. I will say up front that astronomy is a pay-to-play game. Um, you know, there is stuff out there that would be um, nice to have, but ultimately, if you want to, especially in the field of astrophotography, if you want to get into astrophotography and you want to do it right it's going to require a bit of an investment, you know, and I'm probably talking about at least a thousand dollars and that can be a chunk of money for some people. And it's, it's a fair amount of money to talk about. So before we get into this topic, just know that if you want to do astrophotography the right way, even in the uh, more affordable side of the spectrum, you're still looking at about a thousand dollars to get started and that's just what it is and a quality equipment is going to cost you some money and you could probably hodgepodge something together for less than that especially if you're buying on the used market but ultimately you want to make sure you're getting equipment that is going to be of quality um and it's going to be able to make your life easier and sure you could do it in a cheaper sense, but a lot of times it's going to just cause headaches. So just know that if you are getting into astrophotography, you are going to be spending a few hundred dollars to a thousand dollars or more. Um, so when I say affordable, it's going to be different for everybody. But again, it's a pay to play game. So welcome to the table. Um, so some questions that I think you should go about asking yourself uh, before we talk about how much money we want to dump into any of this um, is what is your interest? What are you trying to shoot? Um, now, I will say that today's conversation is mostly framed around deep sky imaging, you know, galaxies, nebula, star clusters, nightscapes. But is your interest the moon? Is your interest the sun? Are we doing Milky Way work? Are we doing wide field? Or, or is it deep sky? What is your interest? Um, and it might be multiple interests. So you might have to find something or a selection of equipment that caters to what you're looking for. Um, but I've had a lot of people who just come in here, dump a bunch of money, and they really don't know what they're trying to achieve. So you probably want to ask yourself, what is the ultimate goal? I want to image this. I want to see that, whatever. Um, but only you can answer that question. But I would try to at least have 
some idea of what you're trying to achieve before we start writing checks and handing credit cards over and spending money. Um, another question is how often will you use it? Um, some of us live in apartments. Some of us live in a house. Some of us have a backyard. Some of us don't. Maybe you live in a dark sky. Maybe if you're going to be imaging, you're going to have to travel to dark skies. Maybe you're only going to get out once a month. Whatever the case may be, you want to you want to try to know, and obviously this can change, but you want to try and figure out how often you're going to use it. And then, of course, that also comes into, do I need to travel to use it? If it's going to be too much for me to lug out, is it going to reduce the amount of time I'm going to go out? I've had that problem. Yeah, having a six-inch APO refractor on a big Paramount is awesome. It's also a really big pain to set up and take some time rather than having like a Star Adventure and a DSLR and just hopping outside and going to town. You know, you want to make sure that the equipment that you're using is something that you are ultimately going to use because the best telescope is the one that you use the most. Um, so I would recommend that you pinpoint your needs first. Figure out, okay, I want to do deep sky I want to do, so I want to do deep sky imaging and I need something that's light enough for me to set up in my backyard a couple times a week and maybe is easy to transport to dark skies. There, I kind of roughly pinpoint it. You could even write this down on a piece of paper if you're looking into getting into astrophotography or whatever you're trying to do. Maybe you're looking to upgrade to a more sophisticated setup. Maybe I want go-to and I want automation. Like pinpoint what you want out of the system and then try to build the system that you have envisioned inside of the budget. So, but don't just go spend a bunch of money because if you go spend a bunch of money before really knowing what you're doing, you're just wasting your money. And a lot of times I see people just burn out because you've just thrown way too many things into the system. You don't understand most of it and you just get frustrated. So I, I find a lot of people do that where they just go out, they buy a new mount, a new camera, a new computer, a new set of filters, guider, all this stuff. They do everything that you're supposed to do because they read it on a form or a group on Facebook and they just went out and bought it all. But ultimately, they don't know what they're doing. It's a lot easier to digest if you take this piece by piece. Get yourself a mount. Then get the telescope. Then get the camera. Then add auto guiding. Then add something else, like a motor focuser. And then go from there. You don't have to buy it all at once, especially if you're new. If you're more experienced and you know what you're doing, that's different because you know what you're looking for. But if you're just getting started, don't take a... Don't take a bunch of money, spend a ton of it, get all this stuff because you're going to get frustrated by not taking your time to understand what each individual piece is going to bring to your system. <clears throat> um, you also don't need the latest and greatest equipment. Sometimes you can get stuff on the used market. Sometimes there's a brand new camera out that drops the price of the last really good camera whatever. There's ways that you can save some money on it. Uh, maybe you already have some equipment laying around that you could utilize. And that's where we're going to kind of start the first conversation, which I call start simple. Um, starting simple is when we're talking about deep sky is probably just a standard DSLR or mirrorless camera, you know, Canon, Nikon, Sony, Fuji, Olympus, uh, Pentax, whatever. There's so many of us that have a nice camera laying around the house because maybe we were doing something for the family or kids sports or whatever you're doing. Um, I find a lot of people already have made the investment of having a fairly decent camera laying around the house. Um, and if you have that, you're, you are more set to go than you think. Um, these cameras, of course, are very easy to obtain. Um, you know, you can go to Best Buy and buy a Canon Rebel. You can go to Target. I saw one this morning and go buy a Nikon or a Canon or whatever they've got floating around. You can get a decent camera from right now if you wanted one. They're easy to obtain. 
Um, and they're really multi-role. Maybe if you're getting into astrophotography and you want a nice camera, you can go get one of these Canon or Nikon or Sony or whoever, and you can use it for astrophotography, but you can also use it for the family or birds or landscapes or whatever. It's just a multi-use camera. It's not just dedicated to astronomy, which might make it easier to justify um, for budget purposes because you're getting multiple purposes out of it. Um, a basic telephoto lens, you can get those all over the place, especially on the used market. A place like keh.com or like B&H Photos used market or there's all kinds of places. You can get really nice lenses, especially now because a lot of the shift to mirrorless cameras has happened. So you have a lot of companies like uh, Canon and Nikon. Canon has moved over to the RF mount for mirrorless and Nikon has moved over to the Z mount. Z? Yeah, Nikon Z mount. Um, so they're changing things up. So a lot of those really good telephoto lenses that were originally used for an SLR, the prices are coming down on them on the used market because they're not making them anymore because everything is shifting to mirrorless. So now you can start to get some of like the Canon EF mount lenses or the uh, Nikon. I don't remember. I'm not a Nikon shooter. I don't know their mounts. Um, EX mount. I don't remember what a Nikon mount is, but this, anyway, um, F mount, whatever whatever Nikon DSLR lens mounts are, um, you can get those lenses now for a little bit more affordable. Um, so, and a basic telephoto lens is a great starting point for astrophotography purposes. Now you could do ultra wide, like Milky Way, like 14 millimeter to 24 millimeter. There's some really good. Um, and, uh, but if you've got something, if you want to start getting into astrophotography, like shooting galaxies or nebulas or whatever um f mount that's what it's called thanks david in the chat nikon f so um you can get yourself like a nice 100 millimeter plus telephoto lens and you basically have an effective telescope at that point for shooting wider portions of the sky so <coughs> you can get really good lenses on the used market or new whatever but you can use those lenses for daytime or nighttime. Now, once you have a nice camera and you've got some nice lenses, um, maybe you've got them laying around already, the addition of a tracking mount is what's going to be the key for you to get into astrophotography because a tracker is going to allow you to follow the stars or whatever the object is and follow it to do long exposures. That's the ultimate goal for astrophotography. Um, so something like our Star Adventure 2i or something similar, like there's the Ioptrons, um, Vixen Polaris, there's a, and there's a bunch of other ones out there that I don't remember, but there's a lot of star trackers that are available on the market nowadays where you put that underneath your camera system and polar align it correctly, and you're off to the races. You've got a full little astrophotography rig ready to take some nice pictures of the night sky. Um, so camera lenses can be a great option for astrophotography. You don't have to go out and buy the biggest, greatest, whatever telescope in the world to get started. You can do um, some basic stuff with a good lens. Um, here's an example. Um, now, this wasn't shot with an SLR. This was shot with a monochrome uh, dedicated camera, which you can do. But this was a Canon 200. Hit my mic and everything. This is a Canon 200 millimeter f 2.8 l lens and i just did a mosaic with an h alpha filter from the backyard um no telescope worked really well so you can pick up one of these lenses for like 500 bucks maybe even less nowadays super sharp lens or maybe you could get like a rokinon 135 which is even less i think they're like 500 dollars um Everyone uses the Rokinon 135. I think Trevor Jones has one. I'm pretty sure Nico Carver has one. Um, I don't know. A ton of people are using that Rokinon 135. It's F2. They make it in all kinds of mounts. It's effectively an awesome little telescope. You can do ultra-wide imaging from anywhere you want to do. Or you can hook up to your SLR and do Milky Way stuff like this. Um, this was a Sigma 50 to 150. 
or 50 to 100 uh, art, f1.8 art lens. Um, pretty decent little shot just on a star tracker, you know. So you can take some nice images with just a very simple setup. So just to kind of build something, uh, here's how I would break this down. If we're just doing something on a budget. Now, I will say today is November 11th, 2022. If you're watching this episode in the future, prices, cameras, equipment all have probably changed at this point. So as of today, this is what is kind of available right now. I just kind of built a really quick system. So there's the Canon T7 Rebel, what you see right there. They're $600 and it's a kit. The kit comes with an 18 to 55 lens and a 75 to 300 lens. I think it was 600 bucks from Canon or B&H, whoever. But at $600, you get two lenses and a bag. So there you go. You've got some optics. Granted, they are not the greatest lenses available, but they are decent enough to get you started and ready to go and taking some awesome pictures of the nighttime sky. So for 600 bucks, you have a nice camera that you can use for astrophotography and daytime. Get yourself a Star Adventurer tracker. Uh, right now, the 2i Pro kit sells for 520, and then maybe get yourself a nice tripod for 150 bucks. Um, grand total, 1270. So for just over 1200 bucks, you've got a full tracking system. Uh, you've got a tripod, and you have a camera with lenses that go from 18 to 55, which is great for Milky Way and wide angle. And then it comes with a 75 to 300. So you can start taking pictures of like the Andromeda galaxy or zooming in on some wider sections of the sky. But for just under 1300 bucks, you're pretty much ready to rock and roll. And obviously you can change the camera and change the lenses, but for about $1,300, you're ready to go. And um, there you go. It's, it's an investment. It's a chunk of money, but... It's not that much. You can save about $1,300 in a few months if you really wanted to get into it. Maybe you have a camera already. This is just the cheapest Canon that's available right now. A lot of people I talk to have something like this or very similar at home already. If you've already got the camera investment done, all you need is a tracker and a tripod. Maybe you even have a tripod. So maybe just add a tracker and start learning how to do astrophotography. You're more ready than you think. Let's one up that even more because once you have a, a sky tracker, usually the next conversation I have with people is how do I find it and um, how can it locate things for me? So we're going to talk about adding GoTo. Now, if you don't know what GoTo is or maybe you're new to it, GoTo is basically a computerized mount that has electronics that allow it to locate objects in the nighttime sky. That is bare bones explanation. Go-to systems do have some advantages, especially when we're talking about modern-day imaging. Um, number one, it locates targets for you. Um, yeah, that's the best part about it, is it finds things for you. Um, it does have RA and deck auto-guiding. Um, one of the disadvantages of something like a star adventurer, a basic star adventure like a 2i, and very similar mounts as a lot of them do not have a declination motor they're just a right ascension drive which is more than enough to do astrophotography but ultimately if we want to advance things and you really want auto guiding to be effective to take longer exposures and use longer focal lengths for longer periods of time auto guiding is helpful um, if you don't know what auto guiding is look into it now a go-to mount like the Star Adventure GTI, which you see here, which is a full little go-to mount, has all that. It's computerized, has motors on both axes, and as well as all the other go-to mounts usually above, like Star Adventure uh, 2i, the uh, ZWO AM5, anything go-to can do any of this. Um, you might also be adding automation capabilities where it locates targets automatically through the night um, if you're using something like an asi air uh, 
you know, or some computerized system that actually allows the mount to move around. Um, so GoTo mounts are becoming smaller and more advanced. Obviously, our Star Adventure GTI has kind of opened that door as far as our lineup goes. Um, but you have other mounts, like, like I said, the ZWO AM5, um, you know, the Celestron AVX has been a very nice mount, um, so on and so forth. So there's plenty of really good mounts available out there that can get you into astrophotography for not a major investment. However, when you are talking about adding capabilities and certain, um, uh, advancements, you're talking about more money, um, Full go-to systems can be made with a minimal investment, though. So, um, and you can use dedicated um, optics like a telescope, or you can do just like we did on the last setup, where you just have some camera lenses and a basic camera. So, let's build a really, really basic setup. So, let's go back to that Canon T7 kit that was six hundred dollars, and a Star Adventure GTI kit, which comes with. Um, uh, the tripod already you're looking at 1340 so oh, just about a hundred dollars more you can have a full go-to system um so you're ready to go pretty quickly uh to advance your capabilities even even more if you want to go with go-to now this is just a very bare bones uh setup now what if we wanted to advance our go-to setup a little bit more well that's where we'd flip over to something like this. This is a dedicated astronomy setup. Now, when you're talking about dedicated equipment, it's gonna cost you more um, because that's what happens when you have specialized equipment. Now, looking at this, we're gonna switch out our camera lens for a small ED APO. <coughs> Excuse me. Let's just say something like our Evo Lux 62 or Evo Star 70. Maybe you've got a William Optics Red Cat whatever um, there's a bunch of small little telescopes on the market that are about a 700 to maybe a little bit north of a thousand dollars there's a wide variety of them nowadays um, so maybe our telescope costs about 700 bucks then our go-to mount we're just for examples we're using a star adventure gti kit that's 740 you want to automate it to control everything with your smartphone including your camera you're looking at a zwo asi air those are about $300. Uh, then the most popular affordable cameras, the ZWO 533 or something similar. So 900, maybe you want a guide camera. Those are about 200. And then like a mini guide scope, you're about $100. Now you're at about just shy of $3,000. So you can see where the cost is gonna start jumping up pretty quickly, but that's because we are adding dedicated equipment uh, to the conversation and but dedicated equipment is going to give you more control for example uh, the star adventure gti it's a go-to mount so you're going to get the, the guiding in both axes you're going to get the ability to locate targets in comparison just a basic star tracker the asi air is going to give you complete automation control where it will uh, plate solve for you it will handle the auto guiding it's going to handle a lot of the things that you're going to need in a more elaborate imaging system. That's going to cost a little bit of money. You're going now with a dedicated camera instead of a special, in, instead of like a, a DSLR or mirrorless camera, and it's cooled. So now you're able to cool the sensor and get rid of the noise. That's going to cost some money. And then of course we want to guide. Uh, we want to do auto guiding. So the guider and the guide uh, optics that's going to cost some money too. So you're adding things to get a, probably a more refined experience and better images ultimately because you're getting more control over your whole system. But with that, because we're buying dedicated equipment, it's going to cost a little bit more. Now here's another, a little bit more affordable example. Um, now the star is on a hyper star system is an awesome little system. Um, it works on a lot of different Celestron Schmidt Cassegrains where you take the secondary mirror out, you put the Hyperstar lens in and pop your camera in the front and you've got a fancy little F2 astrograph. So just to kind of spread things out a little bit, um, you can get yourself a Celestron Nexstar 6SE, 
just basic out of the box. Those are 1100 bucks. I forgot the Hyperstar on here. Crap. Anyway, uh, so the price is going to be different. Hold on just a second. Star Arizona, Hyperstar, Star Arizona. Hyperstar. Oh, bear with me just a second. Okay. So, don't worry about this. I forgot one line item on here, which is kind of crucial. Um, so, it's $1,100 for a Nexstar 6. It's $500 for the Hyperstar lens. An ASI Air, if you want to control it that way. And the 533 camera. Um you're looking at $2,800 for that system. That's a six inch F2 system that's got automation and all kinds of fun stuff on it for under three grand. So you can kind of see where the price jumps are here. So for $1,000 or about 1,200 bucks, that would probably be my recommended uh, budget for starting out. Star tracker, basic camera, and some lenses. About $1,200 is a pretty uh, usable budget. Stepping up to the next budget bracket, I would probably budget about $3,000 if you're going to wanting to get into more dedicated equipment or specialized stuff. Um, so yeah, we're going from about, and every time you go up, you're, you're adding some capabilities. So our first budget for 1200 bucks, you've got a tracker and a basic camera, and you have to figure out where to point things. You don't have cooling or anything on board. For $3,000, we can add some go-to capabilities. Maybe you've got some dedicated cameras where they're more sensitive. Um, you've got cooling on board. Maybe you're adding some filters to help refine some of that a little bit more. Now you're in that $3,000, which is a very healthy budget to get a nice little imaging system together with some really nice equipment. But if we're going to start going up again, then we get to the telescope setup where we're starting to leave kind of the photography equipment behind and going to a full dedicated system now um, so at that point now we're evolving to where uh, at this point you have the ability to step up into a full true imaging system um, and a lot of us do this I've had a lot of customers who start out with a star adventure or something of similar nature They've got some lenses, they get really into it. Then they call back and they're like, hey, I wanna upgrade to a bigger mount. I wanna go with a telescope and really get into the full scale thing. So stepping up from a camera lens to a scale telescope is gonna provide greater reach and more control. You get longer focal lengths, because now instead of talking about camera lenses, which for most of us probably max out at about 600 millimeters, like with a 150, 600 Tamron or Sigma lens, um, you can get those like super zoom lenses, but they normally start at about, stop at about 600. If you want to start getting into the 800 or 1000 millimeter focal length, it's just better to go with a telescope because it's a lot more affordable. Um, but you lose the capability to use that during the day. So we're talking about more specialized stuff. But longer focal lengths are going to give you more image scale, which is nice. Um, but they're also going to require larger mounts. So that's something we need to take into accommodation as the optics and the equipment we add on, they're going to require a more stable foundation to sit on. Um, that's going to mean we're investing more. But as we invest more, we're probably getting better uh, flexibility with what we're doing. So it's going to be a larger investment as we go up but because we're investing more we're getting more capabilities out of our system so here's like a real basic one um, this is using our quattro 150 um, which is a really affordable little astrograph they're about six hundred dollars um, they come with the coma corrector which brings them down to f 3.4 which is ridiculous so for 600 bucks, we have a F3.4 six inch corrected Newtonian. Uh, we wanna automate it. So let's put an ASI Air in there to control it. So that's 300. Um, we'll stick with our 533. Those are about $900. Guide camera, we need one of those, 200. Mini guider, 100 bucks. And then maybe a, we need a more rugged mount, a um, heavier payload. 
Uh, you could get away with something smaller than an EQ6RI, uh, but just for argument's sake, we'll put that in there. Because normally when I tell people who are looking to upgrade from like a Star Adventure, sometimes they'll look at something like an AVX or an EQM35, something in that 20 to 30 pound payload capacity, mainly because they're looking at it from a budget standpoint, which is not a bad way to look at it. However, if you're stepping up from a Star Adventure or a Star Tracker and you know you are going to get into astrophotography pretty seriously, your first serious mount I would recommend being a pretty healthy investment in the mount. I don't, the reason I say that is because a year from now, a year later after you bought your mount, you're probably going to want to expand your setup in some way. Maybe the telescope is going to get bigger. Um, maybe you're just using camera lenses and you know you're going to want to use um, a four or five inch refractor. Or maybe you want to get a six or eight inch Newtonian. Or maybe you want to do like a C8 Edge HD or a C8 Hyperstar or something like that. Maybe... Um, you want to get something a little bit more substantial. It's a lot easier if you just buy a heavier duty mount up front than having to buy it here and then sell off your mount because you need to go to a bigger mount a year from now. So if you're gonna upgrade and get something serious, I would recommend looking at that 40 pound class of mount. Something like an EQ6R, you know, Ioptron's got some uh, nice stuff out there whatever anything with a 40 pound payload capacity is going to give you enough room to handle a lot of the logical telescopes on the market um, that might stretch your budget a little bit but ultimately it's going to be more cost effective in the long run because you're not having to buy a mount use that mount for a year or two then realize oh i need a bigger mount rather than just buying the mount you need immediately having the foundation to build your telescope system on top of it and not having to rework anything in a year or two. So I always recommend buying a little bit bigger mount than you think you're going to need up front. Um, so for about $4,000, you can get yourself the setup that you see here. You can stretch it a little bit more and get maybe the eight inch um, if you want a little bit more focal length. Um, but ultimately it would be a better move to invest in a nice mount than the optics you can have the best optics in the world and if the telescope is on a crap mount or it's too light of a mount it doesn't matter it doesn't matter how good the telescope is so the most important thing you need to be buying when we're getting in a telescope system is the mount that's where the money should go you can upgrade optics anytime but the mount is really where it needs to be at so for about $4,000, four grand is a very healthy budget if you're really starting to get serious on a telescope system. Now let's say you want to get a big refractor. We're talking four, five inch, real quality optics, something like a triplet. There's a lot of good stuff out there. We've got our Esprit's, there's Explore Scientific, there's Sharp Star, Takahashi, Teleview. Um, you know, the list goes on and on and on. You can dump a massive amount of money into a nice refractor but uh it's not something you have to do all up front as well so for the setup that you see here we're looking at about seventy six hundred dollars so about eight thousand dollars for the rig you see right here now actually a little bit more because alex has some nice stuff on here like the monochrome cameras which we didn't discuss but you can see how it's really easy to spend a decent chunk of money on astrophotography but that's where i actually want to go into this next section here real quick um which we're actually getting to the end already um astrophotography in a budget can be a difficult thing to put together so that's where i would recommend really asking yourself what you want to achieve early on because you can probably make it work within your limited budget it if you know how to do it or you have some help from a friend or astronomy club or whatever you're doing, you can make it work some way. But if you're just getting started, 
I would probably budget a thousand to a fifteen hundred dollar budget, bare minimum, to get started in astrophotography. That's where it probably needs to be at this day. Now, there is going to be something for everyone out there, and I know everyone's budget is going to be different. Obviously, you throw more money at it, you're going to get more capabilities. Um, but I would stress really highly that just because you have the greatest equipment in the world doesn't mean you know what you're doing. So take some time, understand what you're doing. Throwing money at astronomy doesn't tend to work out too well because you still have to know what you're doing when it comes to astrophotography. It's not just poof, there, I'm really good at it. You know, it's like any other... Uh, thing you want to learn how to play guitar or whatever the case may be you have to take the time to really learn and understand your instrumentation you may have the most expensive les paul guitar on earth if you don't know how to play it it's who cares same thing with a telescope system you don't need to go and dump a bunch of money on it i know a lot of people out there who have a star tracker and a basic set of optics for their uh, lenses and a camera and they take world-renowned images of the nighttime sky. They're not using anything fancy, they just know what they're doing. And that's for a minimal investment. You know, like I said, 1000 1500 bucks. Now you can add more capabilities with the more money you put into it. But that's what brings me to this point. Setups take time to build. You don't need to go buy everything in one fail swoop. And I would also recommend, especially if you're new, not to buy everything all in one go. Get yourself a mount. Really understand how that mount works by itself with its hand controller or Wi-Fi or however that mount works. Take the time to understand the mount on its own. All its idiosyncrasies, all its advantages, whatever it is. Figure your mount out. Then work with your telescope. Don't even hook a camera up to it if you can. Learn how the telescope works. Learn how the focuser works. Learn the ins and outs of how that telescope functions. Then hook the camera to it. Because the minute you hook the cameras up to this thing, the game changes. So, and that's the other thing. Make sure you understand how your camera works. You want to take this in pieces. Don't try to swallow all this at once because if anything, and it does go wrong, if anything goes wrong in an, in an astrophotography system, that's exactly what it is. It's a system. Everything has to work right in order for that system to work effectively. And if there is an issue going on, we need to know where the issue is and how to identify it. And a lot of times, more often than not, especially in customer support, you get people writing in complaining about some problem that they think is in the mount or is in the telescope and it turns out to be a software issue or a cable issue or you know it could be in the mount, but we need to figure that out. But if you're throwing too many variables at once, there's no way for you to know what's going on. So get your mount, learn that. Get the telescope, learn that. Get your camera, learn that. Start taking pictures with just the mount and the camera and the telescope or the lens. And then maybe add an auto guider. If you need to go longer and you want your stars to get corrected, auto guiding has its complete own set of functions and issues. And more often than not, someone's doing something wrong with it. That's one of our biggest issues is people calling in being like, there's something wrong with the mount. And a lot of times it ends up being a bad setting in the guiding or just not understanding the nature of what you're doing and what you're expecting from it. Right off the bat, I'll tell you, if you're doing auto guiding and your stars look fine in your image, that's all that matters. Don't pay attention to the graph. The graph can help diagnose issues. But we're not here to study graphs. We're here to take pictures. So stars look good on the image. Shut up and keep going. Um, but yeah, take each piece. Learn each piece. Learn your system. Because if something goes wrong, 
you can backtrack and figure out what went wrong. Don't throw it all in there, but you build a system over time. So a lot of times at an outreach event, someone comes up, how much is this telescope worth? Well, it's probably $20,000. If you came out to the soul event and saw some of the rigs that were out there, yeah, there's a lot of money sitting there. That's not necessarily something that just happens overnight. You know, you start small and then you get a nice mount and then you use a telescope for a while. Then you upgrade your telescopes and now your, tel your system's worth 8,000. And then you upgrade your camera. So now you're at 10,000. So yeah, over time, the investment becomes bigger, but that's because you're doing things in pieces. You don't have to do it all in one go. And I find it's actually better and easier to do it in pieces building your dream rig practice and perfecting your art that's what it's you know just work on that um, as our friend who was on a couple weeks ago dr ron brecher he says it's the plane it's not the pilot or it's not the plane it's the pilot so you are the person that's going to be controlling this ultimately you are the final variable to make this whole thing work it is you that has to drive it you have to understand what's going on with it and ultimately the data that comes out is from the refinement that you've put into it and it's not just the telescope you have to understand a lot of the variables that go on with it is it a good night is the scene conditions okay was it dark enough whatever the case may be it's ultimately you have to have the understanding of what you're doing and just throwing money at it doesn't mean that it always gets that it always solves the problem so hopefully in there there was some ideas to help you refine whatever uh, ideas you might have but if we're just backtracking really quick to get started um, an affordable imaging system i would probably set aside about fifteen hundred dollars minimum and that's where you start if you can get a couple grand even better three to four thousand you got a lot more to work with but bare minimum as of today the 11th november 11th of 2022 1500 bucks are you still doing the star adventure wi-fi upgrade um not at the moment because we don't have parts, but we have a lot of parts on order. So hopefully sometime at the beginning of next year, we'll be doing upgrades again. We're just waiting for parts to show up. So, <coughs> uh, but if you have any questions, now's the time. I don't see too many floating around in there anyway, but um, yeah. So if you're getting started, 1500 bucks would be the starting budget for an astrophotography system, bare minimum. Anything above that is just cherries on top, which is funny because I hate cherries. So, okay, so that was building an affordable imaging system. Uh, whatever your budget is, there's usually something out there for everyone, so good luck with it. Ultimately, ultimately, just have fun with it. Don't take it so seriously. It's fun. If the, a bad night of astronomy is probably better than a good day at work. So just go out, have fun. Maybe you've got some friends out there you can share it with just take a breath and have fun uh next week is going to be kind of fun this is also the last episode uh for the month of november uh next week because then it's thanksgiving and there is no uh what's up webcast um uh coming up on the week of thanksgiving uh it's gonna be a native american cosmology and my friend uh, jim o'connor will be joining us uh for that uh, Jim has run the South Rim of the Grand Canyon Star Party for quite some time um, over the last decade. He's an amazing, uh, uh, he does amazing star tours when we're up there, uh, constellation tours, and he knows so much about um, the folklore of so many cultures. But we're going to be talking about Native American cosmology uh next week it was really difficult to find people to talk about this topic we tried a lot of people and we just got this pinned down so really big thanks to jim for coming on and doing that but it should be fun um it'll be a really cool uh topic so um let's see ah yes so a couple couple things let me see here what's new on the horizon 
Uh, we have a big announcement coming up in December. It's not too big. It's not too small. That's all I'm going to say. But yes, we've got something very nice to unleash to everybody um, on the What's Up webcast in December. I think it's the What's Up for the month. I think. The 2nd? December 2nd. I think we're going to be... Um, showing off something new so uh keep an eye out for it it's been in the works for a while but yes we're finally excited to unveil something that i think many of you will look forward to having um that's all i'm gonna say sorry so um can you mention let's see uh we will be reposting the stars and stripes episode for veterans day as well that's where we sat down with several uh veterans who have served in the U.S. Armed Forces. Uh, we had them on a few months ago. It was a really awesome episode. Um, but in honors of Veterans Day, we're going to have that up as well on our social media. Um, so you can watch that. That was a very cool one to have as well. Um, so other than that, that's pretty much it for today. Please have a safe weekend. Um, yeah, go out, observe, do something you know, the weather's finally cooling off. It's probably really cold for some of you, but here in Arizona, it's finally cooled off. Um, please have a good weekend. Uh, clear skies. And we will see you guys next week here at the What's Up webcast again. Please remember the time changes, but we'll see you here next week. Um, clear skies and uh, have a safe weekend, everyone. Take care. Bye.